all my soul and all the words within me. Bless his holy name. We want to bless the Lord this morning because he is the one that forgives us for all of our sins. He's the one that heals us from our diseases. He's the one that forgives all of our sins. He's the one that satisfies our mouth with good things. He's the one that delivereth us from destruction. The Lord is gracious. The Lord is good. The Lord is plenteous in mercy. He is slow to anger for he has not dealt with us after our sins nor rewarded us according to our iniquities but as high as the heavens are above the earth so great is his mercy toward them that fear him as far as the east is from the west as far as the lord has separated us from our iniquities so when we think about the goodness of jesus and all that he has done for us our soul will cry out this morning hallelujah thank you jesus Thank you, Lord. We are so grateful to be with you this morning. We welcome you, Tabernacle of Praise Church family. We welcome you visitors around the globe. We are so grateful and thankful that you have come so we can worship the Lord together today. So we invite you to start a watch party or to share this site with someone that would be blessed today by the spirit of God that will dwell within and will be manifested without. And we're so grateful today. The sun is shining so brightly yeah. outside and the sun of righteousness is shining yeah. in our hearts. So we are looking forward to God doing something different and something new oh, yeah. in our hearts today. So we are so thankful that you've come to join with us and we will pray that you will gain a rich blessing throughout this service. Amen. I'm excited because today is a day of excitement. I don't know about you, but I just feel I just feel at peace just to know that God still answers prayer. You know, it doesn't matter what the concern is. It doesn't matter what the struggle or the problem that you're facing. You know, we serve a God who knows what we're going through and who who is touched with our infirmities. And so and so this morning, right now, I don't know what prayer request you have, but I know that God is omniscient and he knows it even before we pray. That's what the Bible tells us. So if you don't mind, just join with me as I pray for a moment. Oh, God of Abraham, God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. This morning, oh God, we come before you. Lord, we come with a heart of thanksgiving, oh God, because we know that you have done so much for us from the days of our youth until now. And so, God, we just want to say thank you for what you have done for us. God, today we come, oh God, with many issues before us, oh God. We come with our hearts, oh God, filled with pain, oh God. We come, oh God, with, with, with body ache and some, oh God, physician has given up on them. But we thank God that there is still a bomb in Gideon. We thank God, oh Lord, that you are still the God who works beneath and above. We thank God that you are the one who understands and knows what we are going through. God, there are those among us here right now, God, who cannot find the first meal, oh God, to eat. But God, you know, and you are the provider. And so, God, I pray that you will provide, oh God, in necessary means, oh God, for those who are in hunger right now, God. I pray for our young people who have just started school again. 
God, we know what the enemy is planning for them. But we know, oh God, that your plans are better. Your plans are greater. And so, God, I pray that your plans will override every other plan. I pray, God, that you will give them, oh God, strength and, and encouragement, oh God, to just continue to pursue whatever career they desire. God, I pray also for the one who is battling right now sickness in their body. God, you see the various sickness and disease that is upon this land. And as a result of sin, oh God, it affects our bodies. But God, I pray even now for the one who is battling cancer. I pray now, oh God, for the one who is battling arthritis, oh God, that you will touch the body, oh God, with your hand of healing. God, I pray, Lord, for the person who is halting between two opinions right now. He wants to make a good choice. He wants to make a bad choice. But God, I know that your Holy Spirit is amongst us, oh God. So I pray that your Holy Spirit will go and convict that person, oh God, to know that there is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. I pray, God, that somebody after this service, oh God, will come to acknowledge Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior from sin. God, I pray, oh God, for this service. I pray, Lord, that as the pastor about to preach, Lord, I pray that, oh God, you will put a live call on his mouth. I pray, God, that whatever he speaks, oh God, will be words of encouragement, words, oh God, that will, words that will convict us, oh God. I pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit will give him an unction, oh God. I pray, God, that you will give us, the hearers, the listeners, understanding. Lord, I pray, oh God, that at the end of this service, oh God, that the devil will be terrified, the church will be edified, and your name will be glorified. This is my prayer. In Jesus' name, I pray and I say thanks. Amen. Amen. Good morning, church family. This is Elder Carroll here with your stewardship nugget for the day of time, talent, temple, and treasure. You know, when Jesus was crucified and then on the first day of the week he arose, Mary Magdalene had come to the tomb to see him. And when she saw that he wasn't there, she was so upset and she was crying and she was distressed. She didn't know how she was gonna continue on without her Lord and savior. But what she didn't realize was Jesus was right there with her, right by her side, speaking to her. She had also didn't know what to do next because of, because of the things that had gone on throughout the, throughout the week. Also, if you remember on the road to Emmaus, Christ was with the disciples. They didn't recognize him because they were focused on the problems, on the issues of the day, on the, the fact that Christ was gone. But again, he was right there beside them with them. We have to remember that, folks. Whenever we're struggling, whenever we have problems or issues, just remember Jesus is right here by our side. He's going with our problems. He's going through our problems with us. We ask and pray that you'll remember that as you go out and do your stewardship duty of spending your time, talent, temple, and treasure for the name of Christ. Please remember to return a faithful tithe and offering to our cash app, dollar sign TOP giving. Also remember to return through adventistgiving.org or mail it into our treasurer, Sister Teresa Harris. Once again, we thank you also for remembering our Sabbath school offering, which goes to purchase books and supplies, as well as our prayer meeting offering to help those in need. Continue to be faithful stewards, faithful servants of God and friends of man in all that you do. 
May God continue to bless you real good. Amen. Praise the Lord, Elder. Thank you for that stewardship nugget. We're just having a little technical difficulty this morning. And we're just going to continue to pray because we know Satan knows what's getting ready to happen right now. He's trying to disrupt. But God is still good. God, We know God is sovereign and we know that he is in control. So if we don't have the special music ready, we can ready to sit down. We're ready. We're ready. All right. Praise the Lord. I worship you, almighty God, with there is none like you.
Amen. 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 Amen again. Amen. I can just say it all day long. Amen. Amen. There is none like you, Lord Jesus. Thank you so much, Sister Beverly, for that beautiful um, song of meditation, of worship, of praise, of giving God the glory, giving him honor, giving him praise. There is none like Jehovah. There is none like our King. There is none like our Savior. There is none like you, O oh Lord. And we thank you so much for being here with us. We thank um, you for just taking the time out. Now, you know, I want to just um, put this nugget in here because I know that we have been having some difficulties with our um, service here today, some technical difficulties. But I am reminded that um, whenever the enemy shows up, that means be, you are doing something um, worth, worth, worth doing. You are doing something powerful. You are doing something that has now caused his attention to be directed towards you. So this service here today, um, the enemy has taken notice and we are putting him on notice. Amen. We're sending him packing. We're sending him running um, because we serve a mighty God. There is none like him. Amen. And so no matter what difficulties, the devil is a liar. The truth is not in him. And we will make our way through this today. Amen. Intact and in touch. Amen. Um, and so we thank you for being here today. We thank God for the beautiful Sabbath day. It's a little chilly. Come on, somebody. It's a little chilly. But hey, we serve a God that is able to warm you up. Amen. Even in the midst of, um, of um, September weather. Amen. Um, and, and so we're just so blessed to be here. We're so honored to be here again. As it was stated a moment ago, we thank all of our guests for joining in, being with us here at the top. Amen. Tabernacle of praise. Amen. This is where we get our praise on. Um, the enemy is upset. There were some great things going on here. I need you to right now just take a pause for the calls and go ahead and start those watch parties. Go ahead, call a friend. Go ahead and call a foe, amen? Amen, call a foe, call a friend, call a family member. Let them know that this is where they need to be today. That's right, we going in today because I believe that there is a word from the Lord, amen. There is a word from the, from the Lord for such a time as this. So we go ahead, want, to, want you to go ahead um, start those watch parties, call your friends, call your family members, let them know that this is where they need to be today. Amen. Uh, let's just get right into this. Let's just get right into this. You know, I'm reminded of uh, back in the day. Amen. Uh, back in the day, some of my boys, my brothers and my uh, friends and I, we, when we used to step into a room, uh, we used to step into a room uh, and we would say something like, this is a stick up. Don't nothing move but the money. This is a stick up. Don't make it a murder. Amen. Uh, uh, today, I just want to just draw your attention to a passage in the Bible where three young men were called to stick them up. Amen. Three young men were called to stick them up. So if you have your Bibles with you, if you can just turn with me real quickly to the book of Exodus. And I just want to share this message with you today, the book of Exodus chapter 17. And we want to start with verse 8 and read all the way down to verse 16. Again, that is Exodus chapter 17. We want to start with verse 8 and we'll read all the way down to verse 16. And the Bible says, now Amalek, uh, uh, came and fought with Israel at Raphidim. 
And Moses said to Joshua, choose us some men and go out, fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Ur went up to the top of the hill. And so it was when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hands, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands became heavy, so they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it, and Aaron and Ur supported his hands, one on, the, on one side and the other on the other side. And his hands were steady unto the going down of the sun. Let's keep on going here. So Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. Then the Lord said to Moses, write this for a memorial in the book and recount it in the hearing of Joshua that I will utterly blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under the heaven. Verse 15, and Moses built an altar and called its name, the Lord is my banner. For he said, because the Lord has sworn, the Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. Today, I just want us to talk a little bit on the title, Stick them up, stick them up. Let us pray. Loving Lord, our Father and our God, again, we're so thankful, we're so blessed. We're so privileged to be able to come before you on this here awesome Sabbath morning. And we're asking you now, oh God, that as we enter into thy word, that you will lay your hands on all of the technicians, all of the technical equipment, all of the uh, internet, all over the land, Father, that this message here today will reach the hearts of your people for such a time as this. We thank you now, Father God, because we know that it is already done. Forgive us again of our sins. We do pray now, send your Holy Spirit, speak now. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Stick them up. There are at least three firsts that are found um, in this passage. The first first is the first mention of Joshua. Uh, the second first, uh, another mention of the um, Amalekites. And then the battle that Israel fought. This is the first time Israel has now entered into a battle uh, uh, such as this. The children of Israel faced many hardships as they traveled through the wilderness. Uh, they were at first pursued by the Egyptians. Uh, uh, they were troubled time and time again by the lack of food and the lack of water. Uh, uh, they faced daily the difficulties of living and traveling uh, through hot, dry desert and doing so as families, doing so with children, doing so with women as well as the elderly. But God uses hardships to teach us to, uh, 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 to strengthen his people. God uses hardships to strengthen his people. Somebody get that a little later on. Uh, and so in Exodus chapter 17, uh, uh, we see here uh, the Israel 
first major military threat uh, has come to them by the way of the Amalekites. That's right. Uh, they were a hostile tribe, the descendants of uh, Jacob. Uh, uh, this here, the brother of Esau. Uh, uh, this here uh, 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 improved attack was, was viewed by the struggles of the Jewish nation and would face as they began to conquer the land of Canaan. In other words, this attack that they were under is not just some ordinary attack. All of the trials that Israel faced, the, the typical of the struggle of the difficulty, these trials that right here that they are facing is typical of the trials that the New Testament church will face in the days to come. Uh, they will learn that God sends them upon us. Uh, he sends them upon them just like God will send the difficulty and the struggles and trials on the New Testament as well as he sent them up on you and I. That's right. We, like Israel, live in the midst of a wilderness surrounded by an evil and hostile world. As, the, as 1 Corinthians 10 reminds us, all these things happen to them and are written down in Scripture for our admonition and instruction upon whom the ends of the world are come. So these things that are happening to the children of Israel is no accident. These things that are happening to Israel is to get them prepared for what is to come. That's right. Israel's most recent hardship, as pointed out in the first seven verses of this chapter, was thirst. That's right. The first thing was thirst. They came to Raphadim and had no water to drink. They had no water to drink. Uh, they were thirsty. They were tired. They, were, they, 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 they needed to quench their thirst. And as usual, they murmured. They complained. But God is such a gracious God. God is such an awesome God that through Moses, he provided for them. Oh, I'm so glad that even in the midst of our complaining, that even in the midst of our murmuring, that God still provides. For his people. Moses is commanded to smite a rock. Uh, miraculously, the Bible says, water comes forth and the people's thirst are quenched. Oh, I'm so glad that God doesn't base his, his, his uh, feelings about us and his feelings for us based off of our feelings for him and towards him. Immediately, however, they faced another hardship and another trial, but this time it is a warfare. It's not a trial of thirst, a trial of water, but it is a trial of warfare. That's right. They are at Raphadim, a name which simply means resting place. That's why they come to a place where they should be rested, but instead Israel cannot rest there, at least not yet. Oh, yes, yes. They face another danger in the great and terrible wilderness. And this time it is the attack of the enemy, the Amalekites. 
And instead of taking it easy, Israel is called to active duty. Israel is called now to a place where they now have to bear arms. They have to take up their swords and they must fight the battle of Jehovah against his and their enemy. Oh, yes, the Amalekites show up. This significance of all this for us is that it teaches us and shows us that we too are at war. We too are at a place uh, where we are at war. We too are called to fight. We too are taught here in the word of God how to fight our enemies. That's right, my brothers and sisters. We are under attack, not just the Christian church, but black America is under attack. And we can learn here through the word of God on how we can defeat our enemies. But through this, throughout the, uh, all their relatives, the Amalekites are an enemy as descendants of Esau. They saw those of whom God said, I hate them. They are reprobates as much. They are the very clearly marked and very well-known enemy of God. These Amalekites and his people, and are they, they, they came in a hatred of God and his call with a desire to destroy the people of God. So the Amalekites showed up on the scene with intentions on destroying the people of God. But oh, I want you to understand something that when God is before you, who in the world can be against you? Their attack, you understand, was a very wicked attack. It was a wicked attack, first of all, because they came against Israel without cause. You can see it and, 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 and clearly when you consider the fact that the children of Israel at this time are heading towards Mount Sinai. That's right, that's right, that's right. They are heading towards Mount Sinai. The Israelites are a long ways away, long ways south of the land of Canaan and heading away from the land. And yet the Amalekites came all the way from Canaan where they lived to attack Israel. Oh, 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 don't, 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 don't underestimate the enemy, my brothers and sisters. He will go all the way out of his way. He will go out of his way to discredit the children of God. He will go out of his way to make you look bad. He will lie on you, cheat on you. He will plant stuff on you. He will go out of his way to make the children of God look bad. And the Amalekites, they went out of their way. They put together their army and made a long journey south specifically to find the children of Israel and specifically to attack them. That's right. That's right. This was intentional. This was not an accident. They, 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 they did not just happen upon them. But as is usual, the case with the enemies of God and his church and his people and his cause, the enemy will go out of his way to find God's people in order to attack and to destroy them. That's right, my brothers and sisters. This was not an accident. This was not something that just happened. They didn't just 
turn a corner and then all of a sudden, but this attack was intentional. You see, uh, you see, they were, they, they were, they, they, they weren't provoked or they, 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 they were all about Israel. They have heard of all that has happened to the Egyptians. They have heard of how the Egyptians were destroyed. They knew all about how the land as well as uh, the Red Sea, uh, how the children of Israel was able to cross the Red Sea on dry ground, uh, all make it all the way over to the other side. They understood and they realized that Israel was coming, that Israel was on there way. They understood that. They understood all about that. And they have heard that it is God's purpose and God's promise to give the Israelites the land of Canaan. So they already knew it. So it was their idea. They figured, let us get them before they get us. Let us attack them before they attack us. Oh, I hope somebody out there listening to me this morning. I hope somebody understanding the message of this morning uh, the enemy said, let me get you out uh, before you get me out. Uh, let me get God's people out the way uh, before God get me out the way. Oh, this was not an accident. Uh, oh, this was intentional. Uh, 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 this was not something that just happened. And that's what uh, uh, irritated them. Uh, uh, why should God give Israel the land that belonged to us? Why would God take my land and give it to somebody else? So, uh, so the Amalekites figure, uh, I'll show God. Uh, I'll show God who's boss. You know, you have to be very, very careful on how you handle God's people. Uh, you have to be very, very careful on how you deal with God's children. Uh, they the, the, they, they figure that it is best to attack the Israelites before the Israelites attack them. Mm. So what we see in this attack, my brothers and sisters, is what the scripture tells us in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, that there is enmity between the seed and of the serpent and the seed of the woman. Uh, uh, that enmity was there in the life of Jacob and Esau and the grandparents of these tribes. And now that enmity is still uh, there between the two seas, um, uh, 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 Amalek's attack is an attack that instigated by the devil himself against the seed of the woman as well as the church. You have to understand this, my brothers and sisters, that this attack was intentional, that this attack right here was purposeful. What is Satan's purpose? In other words, he is trying to prevent God's people from ever getting to Canaan. Understand me now, my brothers and sisters. He's trying to prevent God's people from ever getting to the Canaan land. He knows that, that God's purpose, he understands uh, to, uh, uh, that God, by bringing Israel to Canaan, is bringing them typically to heaven and to fellowship with Jehovah himself. Uh, so you understand the spiritual implication in the message here. 
here, you understand the implication of what was going on, that this attack wasn't just some ordinary attack. There are some things, my brothers and sisters, that you go through on a day-to-day, -day, and you look at it on the surface. You look at it as mundane, but deep down inside, there is a hidden message. The enemy is not just trying to stop you from working. He's trying to keep you from working for God. He's not trying to keep you unemployed. He's trying to keep you in a place where now you're not trusting God, where now you're not believing God, where now you're not depending on God. He's trying to put you in a place where now you're second guessing if God is truly able to handle all of your problems. He's trying to get you to a place where now you're second guessing the spiritual attack that is going on is deeper than what your eyes can see. And so that Amalekites was attacking the Israelites because Satan knew that if he can get them out of Canaan, if he can keep them from Canaan, this is spiritually, he will keep them from the kingdom of God. Oh, the enemy know exactly what to do. What Satan does uh, uh, does that because he realizes that if he can succeed in that, he can he can succeed in destroying God's purpose and God's plan throughout all of history. For if he can destroy Israel here through the Amalekites, uh, he can also prevent the birth uh, of Christ uh, and the birth uh, of the seed of the woman uh, and so under Satan this is a very very wicked attack because Satan understands uh, what is really going on here if I can stop them here that's why he wants you, uh, you to abort your dreams. He wants you to abort your goals. He wants to keep you out of school because if he can stop you there, he can keep you from out of becoming the president. If he can stop you there, then he can keep you from becoming uh, an entrepreneur. If I can keep you there, then I can keep you in a place uh, where you don't mean nothing to nobody, not even yourself. The devil sees that. The devil understands that he realized that the children of Israel are on their way to take what rightfully belongs to them. Oh, I hope you hear me out there. I hope you understand me right there. You see, beloved, the Amalekites, uh, the Amalekites attack against the children of Israel did not happen sometime after the children of Israel had arrived to Raphadim and had all taken a drink uh, and had all been revived, but it happened right as they arrived at Raphadim. This multitude of some two million people uh, are on their way to offer them uh, and one who uh, 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 at the front of the multitude arrives and discovers that there is no water and so then God tells Moses to go ahead of the people he tells Moses to go ahead uh, of the people go ahead of them uh, to provide water for them out of the rock uh, and so while uh, uh, the whole while that's happening uh, uh, 
in the utmost part, uh, the highmost part, all the time that this was happening, you have to understand that there were a multitude of people still making their way to Raphael. But wow. While all that was going on, they are still faint, they are still weary, they are still thirsty, they are still weak, and the Amalekite sees that and says, now is the time, now is the time to get in. It is cowardly attack. It's not only a wicked attack, but it is a cowardly attack because they see the children of Israel at their lowest, they're drained, they're depleted. Uh, they have no energy, uh, they have no strength, uh, and yet they still take advantage of them. And we see in this that the devil is smart, my brothers and sisters. He knows when to attack. He attacked Israel when they are totally unprepared. Oh, what am I saying? Oh, my, oh, oh, what am I saying? What I'm saying here is that he attacks you when you're unprepared. What am I saying? Okay, I'm going to say it this way. He will attack you when you're unprepared. Well, what, what, what am I saying? Okay, well, let me say it this way. I only know one language, so I'm going to say it in that one language that I only know. Uh, he will attack you when you're unprepared. The enemy knows. He's smart. He sees He understands that. We see in this that the devil is very smart. You see, they were unprepared physically. They were tired. They were weary. They were thirsty. And they were unprepared spiritually because they had just got through complaining and murmuring and feeling some kind of way. They were unprepared. They were unprepared. They were out on that. The, 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 they were unprepared in all of these areas. You know, we're on our own sometimes. Uh, uh, that's what they were saying. We're out here by ourselves. Spiritually, uh, they are far from being ready for a battle. They are far ready spiritually. They are far ready emotionally. They won't prepare physically, emotionally, socially. They, they weren't prepared for such an attack as this. This simply shows us again how crafty the devil is. He is so, he, he, he is no fool when it comes to knowing when to attack God's people. You can, you can well imagine the devil saying, now is the time. Now is the time. This is the best time to get them. They're mad at each other. The husband and wife, they're arguing with each other. Now is the time to slide sister so-and-so across the brother's eyesight. Now is the time to attack when you're not speaking. Now is the time. It's time for us to attack them when you're depleted. Now is the time to attack when your monies have ran out and, and you don't have uh, any finance. You have more months than money. Now is the time to get you to do something illegal. Now is the time. Oh, the devil was very smart. The devil will move in when you're at your lowest. 
He said, now was the time. Now was the time. They're not prepared with any army. They're not prepared with any organization. Uh, they're not prepared, especially they're not prepared spiritually. They haven't been studying. They haven't been reading. They're not prepared for any of this. Look at how they have just got through sinning against God. He just brought them through the Red Sea. We just talked about this last week. And now we're at Raphidim and you're still not ready. Oh, I hope somebody following me. They're not prepared. They're not ready. They're not there yet. God calls the children of Israel to go fight, he says. This is at, right, rather striking because as we have noticed already up to this point, Israel has never engaged in any warfare before. God had done all the fighting for them. God has done all of the fighting. It was God, uh, by God Almighty hand, uh, uh, that the Egyptians were destroyed. It was by God Almighty hand uh, that Israel was delivered at the Red Sea. It was by God Almighty hand uh, that the miraculous uh, uh, protect them and provided for them in the midst of the wilderness. It was God's mighty hand that gave them water from the rock and now we see here at this juncture at this point god is now calling them to fight never had to engage in this before never been in a situation like this before i'm not educated enough you sound like moses on mount sinai i'm not equipped for this i never had this before i've never seen how this was done before but yet god you're calling me to fight you're calling me to step out on faith you're calling me to leave what is comfortable and go somewhere that is uncomfortable that's right i'm calling you to do that because you have to understand that it's not about you but it is about me that's why israel israel did not have to do anything they simply watched the mighty works of god for them they were simply observers really what moses says to them at the red sea he says to them stand still and see the salvation of the lord that is how it had been that's how it always been and they were looking for it to continue to be the same way God fighting for us this is simply stood back as it were and observed the mighty works of God for them and now it's time for them to fight for themselves now it's time for them to fight that's right, Moses needed encouragement, my brothers and sisters. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Because his own people, his own people were complaining and criticizing him. His own people, instead of supporting the preacher, instead of supporting the man of God, instead of supporting their leader, instead of standing with him, they complain, why did this happen? Why are we even out here still after all that God has done for the children? of Israel all those many days, all those many years, how in the world can we now turn our back on him? 
They turned their back on him. Moses needed encouragement. He faced an uphill battle with these stiff-necked people, and they found out how dangerous it was to oppose their leader. Follow me now. By now, God says to them through Moses, take up your sword and fight. Confront the enemy. Fight. We realize, of course, that God could have fought for them. He could have had commanded uh, the fire to come down. God could have dealt with the children of, uh, with the Amalekites by way of how he dealt with the Egyptians. There were so many ways that God could have dealt with the Amalekites, but God chose that one way. There are so many ways that God has chosen to deliver the people, but God chose you. There are so many ways that God could provide so many ways that God can lead. Help me, Holy Ghost. So many ways that God can direct. So many ways that God can instruct them. But God chose you. God chose the children of Israel to pick up swords and fight. There are so many ways that God can deal with the social injustice that is going on in our land. But God chose you to fight. God said, pick up your weapons and fight. Pick up your sword and fight. There are so many ways that God could do it. God could just eradicate it. God could just make it all go away. But God said, I need my people to stand up and fight. That's right. I need you to fight. God could have done it. God could have done it. God could have used it so many ways. But the Israelites themselves must fight the battle against the enemy. They must stand up. They must defeat themselves against the hostile and wicked, hateful foe. They don't mean, that doesn't mean that God is out of the picture. That doesn't mean that God is idly standing by. It doesn't mean that they are fighting on their own. As we will see shortly, God will still fight for them. They will have a victory over because God is fighting for them. But God will fight through them. Yes, through them. This is God's war against the Amalekite, against the seed of the serpent, against the haters of God's people, and against the haters of himself. God said, I'm not going to fight for you this time. I want to fight through you, but I need you to step out of your comfort zone. I need you to get out of your own way. I need you to let me fight through you instead of fighting for you. There are times when God will fight for you, but then there are times when God want to fight through you. And today I declare to you under the heavens above that God wants to fight through you today. God want to fight through you. God wants to fight through you because we have to understand that the children of, of, of Israel are a picture of us. We are the church in the wilderness facing the enemy and God has put us in the midst of a hostile world. The devil and his army uh, surrounds us. I wonder if we think about that for a minute that the devil is out there people of God and not only is he out there but he is also battling hard in our own hearts. That's right, my brothers and sisters. I said it. He is constantly presenting the God's people of God. He is constantly persecuting. He's constantly coming after God's people. 
He is constantly tempting them. The devil is going about as a roaring lion seeking who he can devour. He attacks us as he did the children of Israel when we were out at our lowest, when we were out of faith. And perhaps we, he attacks, he comes for us at our weakest moment. That's how the devil operates. That's how he moves. But Moses says unto Joe, uh, unto Joshua, oh, I love it, I love it. He says unto Joshua, he said, choose some men and go out to fight the Amalekites. This is the earliest notice of the young warrior destined to play a prominent part in the history of Israel. Joshua is the English version of Yahshua, which means God saves. Yahshua was Jesus, real name, Jesus. Jesus is the English pronunciation of the Greek version of Yeshua. In other words, Joshua and his chosen men fought against the Amalekites while Moses Aaron and Ur went up the hill. God doesn't need every man in the camp. He will choose who he wants to to fight his battle. The battles, the Bible says, belongs to the Lord where there are two or three are gathered. In my name, the Bible says, there will I be in their midst, Matthew 18, 20. So Moses and Joshua picked up a few good men. So Joshua did what Moses asked him to do and picked up just a few good men. Can I talk about it for a minute? Can I just talk about it just for a minute? He picked up a few good men and they went out and fought against the Amalekites. And all while Moses, Aaron, and Ur were working part one of the plan, that's faith. Uh, Joshua and a few good men were working part two of the plan that's works uh, in other words faith uh, and works uh, and when God gives instructions it's usually in two parts uh, part one is having faith uh, part two uh, is the works uh, part one uh, is Moses instructs forth uh, his, uh, his stretch forth his hands uh, part two uh, the waters departed part one uh, Abraham lifted up his knife uh, to sacrifice Isaac part two uh, there was a ram in the bush. Part one, Jesus crucified. Part two, Jesus resurrected. Part one, because he was resurrected. Part two, I shall be resurrected. God always worked his plan in two parts. Not only that, but part one, I was lost. Part two, but now I'm found. Part one, I once was blind. Part two, but now I see. Part one, because he lives. Part two, I also shall live. God always works in two parts. The next, the next, the text not only points us out to the fight, but they also told us how they should fight. What they are taught in this, they are taught to fight by faith. That's right, my brothers and sisters. The passage teaches this through uh, that Moses did. Uh, Moses, along with Aaron and Ur, uh, went to the top of the mountain. Aaron, uh, the priest uh, who represents intercession, that's prayer. Come on, somebody. And Ur, uh, his names mean purity. Intercessory prayer and purity go together. And as long uh, as Moses uh, held his hands up, uh, 
the Israelites were winning the battle. But when they lowered their hands, the Amalekites were winning the battle. Why did uh, why did he stand on the hill? Because that's where they were able to see the rod of God in Moses' hand. The same rod that led them through the Red Sea. The same rod that at one point stood as a staff for Moses as he tended the sheep. The same staff that Moses used when he went to Pharaoh and told Pharaoh to let my people go. The same rod that when he laid it on the ground, it turned into a serpent which devoured all the other serpents. The same rod that when Moses picked it up, it turned back into a staff again. So as long as Moses stood on the mountain and he held the staff up over his head, the Amalekites were losing. But as soon as Moses' arms got a little weary, as soon as Moses' arms got a little heavy, as soon as Moses' arms got a little weighted, the Amalekites began to win. And that's when Aaron and that's when Ur came along. They set Moses down and they put some rocks under him and they began to hold Moses' arms back up again. And the children of Israel was able to see the staff. And when they saw the staff, my Bible tells me that they began to lose. When the Amalekites saw, when the Israelites saw the staff, they began to win the battle. When the Amalekites saw it, they began to lose. What am I saying? I'm saying that that staff, that staff represented the hand of Jehovah. It represented the mighty arm of their governing God. The arm of Jehovah is watching over them. And as long as they saw God, as long as they saw Moses, their leader, standing there with that staff in his hands, holding it up over their head, oh, they were spanning them left and right. They were winning the war. My brothers and sisters, what am I saying? We need to learn how to hold each other up. We have to learn how to hold each other up so that the enemy which is coming against us through social injustice, through the hatred of the land, through the backbiters in the church, we have to learn how to hold each other up, my brothers and sisters. This is evident from the text that we are told at times the rod was lowered, they lost, they were losing. But as long as they held the rod up, they were winning the battle. In other words, they understood that this battle was no ordinary one. It was not only a physical battle, but it was to be a spiritual battle. It was won not just on the physical battlefield, but it was won on the spiritual basis of faith. Joshua was to go down into the valley to fight, and Moses was to go up to the top of the hill with the rod of God in his hand. Joshua's hands were heavy in fighting, but Moses' hand was heavy in praying. Victory took place on the top of the mountain. It was a witness in the valley. It was witness in the valley what was going on on the top. Somebody understand me. It was witnessed in the valley what was taking place on the top. Oh, you will get it a little later. You have to understand that this is not just some ordinary message. This is not just some ordinary victory, but the hilltop overlooking the battlefield was where the 
the battle was truly won, can I draw your attention to another hilltop, another battlefield on the hills Far away uh, stood an old rugged cross. Christ uh, is both to us, uh, our Joshua, the captain of our salvation, who fight our battles, and our Moses, who whoever lives, making intercession for us. Uh, uh, weapons that are formed, no weapon formed against us shall prosper as long as they're in the hands of God. God can use your greatest heartache. God can use your greatest triumph. God can use your greatest hurt, your greatest pain, your greatest despair, and he can flip the script, and he can turn it around and make it a great defeat, a great victory, and make you into a great warrior. God's people cannot prosper long the Bible tells me that you that 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 evil help me Holy Ghost that evil cannot prosper no weapon formed against God's people shall prosper long oh yes it may knock you down but it will never knock you out you know it it, it may make you feel some kind of way but it'll never take you out why because we serve a great God that's right. He's great. He's great all the way around. John 3.16, as I try to wrap this up, John 3.16 reminds us of the gospel in miniature. For God, the greatest lover, so loved the greatest degree, the world of the greatest number, that he gave the greatest act, his only begotten son, the greatest gift, that whosoever the greatest invitation, believe this, the greatest simplicity in him the greatest person should not perish the greatest deliverance but the greatest difference have the greatest certainty everlasting life of the greatest passion john 3 16 reminds us of that but john 15 13 tells us that greater love have no man than this that he's willing to lay his life down for freedom oh there is another battle there is another battle my brothers and sisters that is going on in our streets today and we have to learn how to stick them up we have to stick them up my brothers and sisters when you hear news of a brother or a sister who are warned against the enemy we have to stick them up when the bills are due and the money's low and the change is strange Moses held his arms high up in the air so that the Israelites and his family can see we need to learn my brothers and sisters how to stick them up for one another stick them up for your family and your friends and when you may arms get a little tired we have to understand that we have to learn how to come by our brothers and our sisters side and learn how to hold them up it wasn't while Moses was standing that Israel was winning it wasn't while he held his arms up as a sign of sweet surrender oh can I put it like this can I say it like this there is a war going on and we need some folks to simply stick them up to hold their hands up and pray 
prayer in order to get the victory for all our children to go to school in the midst of this pandemic. We have to stick them up. We have to stick them up for the drug dealer in our streets. Stick them up for the game bangers in our streets. The prostitute in our streets. Stick them up for the depressed one, the downtrodden one. Stick them up for the broken homes and the single parents. Stick them up for my brothers and for my sisters that are in prison. Stick them up for the backsliding brother. Stick them up for the backsliding sister. Stick them up for the Muslims and for our neighbors. Stick them up for the Buddhists and all the Hindus. Stick them up for those police officers that are out here taking lives. Stick them up, my brothers and sisters, because we're living in perilous times. It's time to stick them up because as long as we hold the staff of God above our head, as long as we stick them up, the Bible says we will win. Stick them up in prison, you who are out there on Facebook, YouTube. Stick them up if you're on Roku, wherever you are in the land. Stick them up in these last days because he that shall come will come and he will not tarry. Stick them up, my brothers and sisters, all those that are on welfare and food stamps. Don't give up on God. Stick them up if you're homeless and you're walking the streets. I've been there too. Stick them up, my brothers and sisters, in these last days because these are the days that the enemy is trying to take the people of God out. And my brothers and sisters, we have to stick them up. Oh, yes. We have to stick them up. This isn't a time to rest, my friend. It's time to stick them up. My brothers, my sisters, I don't know what all you're going through, but in the midst of this pandemic, and in the midst of all the social injustice and the police brutality and the senseless killing of our black men, women, boys and girls and the society that we live in is in denial. Why are we even having a conversation about right and wrong? If it wasn't the fact that we're living in such an immoral place, it is clear as the writing on the wall. Wrong is wrong and right is right. And it is wrong to take the life of an innocent man. Black, green, brown, yellow, orange, red. Wrong is wrong. It's just as wrong as two left shoes. And to try to make reason and to try to find reason to justify it. We need to stick them up, my brothers and sisters, because these are perilous times. And if we don't stick them up, we're going to lose. There may be somebody out here today. You tuned in, you joined in, and you need somebody to stick them up for you. We need you to type in the chat box, hey, man, let us know we can get back with you. We need to know that you're there, and you need to know that we're here. That these, just, these aren't just words, but we're here to draw our brothers and sisters to the, to the arms of the Lord. It is our desire that anybody under the sound of my voice, if you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, that you will make him your personal Lord and Savior. You may be ready right now. <clears throat> and you may want to be a part of this here awesome church. That's right, I said awesome. Some awesome church. In spite of what the enemy tried to make it out to be, this is God's church. No matter how 
people feel about it, it is God's church. And you may be out there and you want to be a part of this awesome church. I just want to ask you to lift your hands and raise your close your eyes and lift your hands and repeat after me. And just simply ask God, say, Lord God, Lord, I am a sinner. He said, if, you can, if I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart, you said you will save me. So, Father, I'm asking you today, save me from my sins. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And prepare me even now, God, to be ready to receive you when you come. And, Lord, I need a church home. Lead me to a church. Lead me to your truth that I may be able to fellowship and learn even more. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. You're on mute, Paul. God is so good. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That was such a powerful message, Pastor. Stick them up. We need to intercede for our brothers and sisters. Satan tries to come at us at our most vulnerable and weak times. We have to put on the whole armor of God so we can stand against the wiles of the enemy. Thank you for that message mm -hmm. of hope and faith, Pastor. In these perilous times, this world is dark. We need God's saints to stick them up. Thank you, Pastor. What a powerful message. Now I understand why the enemy was trying so hard to, to distract and try to disrupt this message. And this will be uh, this will be rebroadcast on Facebook and try to get messed up today. But this message is going to go out. Praise the Lord. Amen. And we just want to continue to stay faithful. Amen. 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 We just have a few announcements. Um, our training for discipleship class will be today at 2.30, led out by Elder Carroll. We're still studying out of the book, Last Day Events. We're on chapter 17, uh, entitled The Seven Last Plagues. So you don't want to miss that. And also on Wednesday night, uh, this is Labor Day weekend, but we're going we're gonna to pray it up on Wednesday night, our power hour. We always have some powerful prayer meetings, the testimonies, the words, the prayer that goes up. We want you to be there on uh, Wednesday. So without any further ado, we just want to say, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you and give you peace until next time. Amen. Mm -hmm.